Okay. So here we are, about to begin an entire chapter of Tanya, of Igarasachuva, teaching us how to truly return to God. And we are going to do today the entire chapter five. We will try to do it briefly because, of course, it's a whole chapter. This is an overview. So what we last chapter learned is that the godly soul of the Jew is part of the essence name of God, the name spelled with four letters, Yud and He and Vav and He, what we refer to as Havaya, which means that which gives existence. And in this way, the Jewish soul is different than all other creations. Because all creations come from a much more external level, God's speech, the divine name Elohim, which implies limitation, constriction, the nature, judgment. The soul is Havaya, is beyond all that. But this soul has to be enclosed in a physical body, in a physical world. So it has to descend and descend and become more and more concealed and concealed for it to squeeze into a body. Now, it came into a body through God's speech. One of the ten utterances is, let us make men, Nasa Adam. So that means, on one hand, well, the soul is completely beyond anything of creation because it's breath. Creation is speech. It's from Havaya. Creation is from Elohim. But it did get into speech. But yet, the speech of let us make man, as the Rebbe is going to explain now, is actually from a different aspect of speech than all of creation. It's from the breath of the speech. It's from the internal aspect of the speech. So in this way, we're different of all creation, even even the angels, because they all receive their existence from speech, from the external outward manifestation of speech. But even that part of us that's from speech, how our soul can be enclosed in a body, is from the inner aspect of speech, which means that the inner and external aspects of the soul are both coming from the inner aspects of God. The inner aspect of the soul is from the four-lettered yud Hey vav Hey, the Shem Havaya. And the external aspect of the soul, which comes into a body, is coming from the inner aspect of this external level called divine speech, which is the first major point in Chapter 5, that the breath, of the speech is coming from the final hey of the yud and hey and vav and hey of the name Havaya. And from that breath is coming the speech of let us make man. So therefore, based on this that says, we can understand a pasuk, a verse, which gives, expresses the two aspects of our relationship with God. The verse says, that's the first part, for God's people is a part of God. We had this last chapter. And then it goes on to say, Yaakov, Chavel, Nachaloso. Yaakov, Jacob, is the rope of his inheritance. For God's people is a part of God. This refers to the inner aspect of the soul. Jacob is the rope of his inheritance refers to the external aspect of the soul. The soul as it was constricted, enclosed, 
and able to be within a physical body by means of divine speech. But as we said, the divine speech is not like in every other situation because it's the breath of the speech. It's the inner dimension of speech itself. But we're going to focus now on this rope. This rope which expresses this even external dimension of our godly soul's relationship to God. So if we think of a rope, so we have the analogy of a rope. You have an upper end and a lower end. The upper end of the soul is bound above, and the end of in this body. So when we're saying here, so we have our soul, upper end of the rope, bound up with God. Lower end of the rope, enclosed in the body. This is going to be important to understand what the Rebbe is going to say in this chapter. Now, God's blowing the soul into us, right? And we discussed this last chapter, that nothing is blown but our soul, and blowing implies an tremendous intensity of inwardness, because breath comes from such a deep inner place that we, as we say, run out of breath. So here we have the soul being blown. Now, someone's blowing. As long as there's no obstruction, the breath will reach where we're supposed to reach. You're blowing to fill up something. You're going to move something. It's going to reach that thing. If there's an obstruction, though, if there's a separation, your breath isn't going to go where you want it to go. So if there was any obstruction, so here we have God blowing the soul into us, just as we explained in the previous unit of Tanya, in Shara Yichav Hamuna, that God constantly recreates, re-gives existence to all of creation. He's constantly uttering the ten utterances. So, so too with our soul. God is constantly blowing our soul into us. There's the divine breath, what Kabbalistically we call Hevel HaElyon, the most inward energy of God that constantly is being blown into the soul. And if there's any obstruction, well, the breath wouldn't get to the soul. But of course, for God, there is no obstruction, because how could anything obstruct God? So therefore, God blows, and this inward breath is going to our soul, because how could there be any barrier for God? But there's one barrier for God. What's the one barrier for God? The one barrier for God is a sin. A sin creates a barrier. Now, why is a sin a barrier for God when seemingly nothing is a barrier for God? Because all of creation exists by will of God. Will of God is the fabric of all of creation. And a sin is the only thing in all of creation that can oppose the will of God. So, therefore, the sin is the barrier to the will of God, which is creation. So, God's sustaining all of creation. The sin is in opposition to this sustenance. So, the sin is concealing that divine life force. So, therefore, the sin is capable of preventing the divine breath from reaching our soul. And this is, in essence, the idea of kares, of excision of the soul. Again, remember the analogy was a rope. Jacob is the rope of our inheritance. We said there's a rope with an upper end and a lower end. Imagine a rope 
severed. Here we have the rope drawn from that final hay of the four-letter name of God, and it's severed. It's severed. Well, then, nothing can come down. And that's why, in the times of the temple, when the Jewish people only could receive their vitality from God, they could only exist from the side of holiness, if that rope was severed, there's no life. And that's why the person would die. Well, let's say a person didn't do such a severe transgression to warrant courage, the excision of the soul. But every transgression is like a defect, is like a nick, is like another snapping of the rope. In other words, the rope is made up of 613 strands because each one of the divine commandments is another strand in the rope of connection. The flow of God's energy to us is going down this rope. Every mitzvah is part of the flow. That's an amazing idea. Every one of us receives vitality in this world through all of the 613 commandments, even though many commandments are like only given to the priest or cannot be fulfilled today or cannot be fulfilled simultaneously. But every mitzvah is part of that flow of life from God to us. So if someone violated a mitzvah, if someone transgressed a commandment, there would be a snapping of one of the threads. If someone violated many commandments, another snap, another snap, another snap, well, that rope could be very, very weakened. If someone did a tremendous transgression, for which one is libel, excision, courage, or, or death by heaven, the rope is severed. But through the impression, in other words, there was this rope linking you to God, and that rope's like residual energy can keep someone living for till he's 50 or till he's 60. But at that point after that, he would die. Because there's no divine life. There's nothing flowing to him. But nowadays, it's different. Why is nowadays it's different? Why nowadays can a Jew do such a severe transgression for which he definitely receives excision of the soul or death by the hand of heaven, but he still lives? Because nowadays we have the possibility to receive our life force from evil. It's not supposed to be that way. In the times of the temple, there was no such option. You received your life force from God or you didn't live. But nowadays, a Jew could choose to receive his life force from evil. And from that evil, he could be kept alive even as his soul is severed from the flow of life from God above. And that is briefly chapter 5.